0: On the Scoot on the Air Rock Culture calendar, on this day, November 30th in 1992, Thriller was first released. Many, many hits came off that album. And uh, in the 3 o'clock hour, we're going to feature the music from Thriller. I remember this this came out. I was doing music radio. And there was just one hit after another. And of course, you know, being in music radio for all those years, I, I was very familiar with Michael Jackson. But when this came out, it was like, Whoa! it was just totally different and it was the the genius of uh, quincy jones that led to the the success of this anyway uh it was just a, a monumental album uh, in in so many ways and uh, we'll, we'll feature some of the music uh, coming up in the three o'clock hour i'm scoot on the air really glad you're with us if you're on hold stay with us we'll get to more of your calls coming up so you, you've heard in our news uh governor-elect jeff landry says His administration is going to work closely with Orleans D.A., Jason Williams, and with Mayor Cantrell. Mayor Cantrell welcomes it. Jason Williams welcomes it. This is uh, involving fighting crime in New Orleans. So Jeff Landry, as governor, wants his administration to work closely with the city when it comes to crime. That sounds like a really good deal. And it's kind of unique because the city of New Orleans has sort of been an island in the state. And there has been a territorial mentality about new orleans like you know our police department we can handle this we don't need your help and and they they're very much about you know not wanting anybody to cross over the boundary well we need help and i'm thrilled that mayor cantrell is is welcoming landry's help i'm thrilled that uh, jason williams is welcoming his help however if landry comes in here as a a, an ultra right-wing conservative if he comes in here and starts talking about spending police time and energy busting people for smoking pot or busting drag queens, then, you know, I'm going to say something about it. And so you wonder if if he's really I hope he's really sincere in wanting to fight crime in New Orleans. But I hope he's not talking about bringing his right wing radical views to the fight against crime in New Orleans. We need some help. And, and there are some aspects of being a right-wing Republican that might actually help in fighting crime in New Orleans, but not when it comes to these ridiculous crimes that I don't really think are are big crimes. All right. Um, why is HIV AIDS so prevalent in the South? The number of people living with HIV is highest in the South in America. Ton our WWL multimedia journalist, joins us on WWL to talk about his uh, latest podcast. Ton, welcome to the show thanks for having me on sure so uh, what's the what's the answer to the question why is why is hiv/aiDS so prevalent in the south and in New Orleans and areas like this
1: it's multi-layered for sure and you know first being is that the South generally speaking has a lack of access to health care uh, there's a high level of poverty uh, there's a high number of homeless people as well so all of that kind of comes as a confluence Uh, of of issues when it comes to getting and taking care of HIV. Um, But when you take a look at the resources that are put to testing and going into those communities, whether it's the gay community, the black community, the homeless community, the homeless population, uh, it, it just isn't there, especially in the South. And I wanted to take this opportunity as we get closer to World AIDS Day, which is tomorrow, to take a look at how far we've come with the fight against HIV and AIDS and how much more work we have to do.
0: Yeah, it's it's interesting to think about all those considerations, but the bottom line is that there's unprotected sex, right? I mean, isn't that the bottom line?
1: There's some of that, Scoot, and I, I will say that I spoke with folks at Project Lazarus, which is a nonprofit that was basically the first Catholic hospice for AIDS patients in the U.S. in the 1980s, and they've been doing some great work. But it's also among, you know, IV users, among the homeless population, too. Mm-hmm. And as you can imagine, that the homeless population, they're not getting screened or access right. uh, to, to health care. Um, so it, it's multi layered. But, you know, the podcast that I released today is really revolved around the evolution, so to speak, of, you know, the treatments of AIDS and our views of AIDS and HIV from the time, and I think we're both old enough, Scoot, to remember from, sure. You know, when it started hitting the public, public consciousness about HIV and where this is coming from in AIDS to where it is now, where you see these big Harvey commercials, um, where big pharmaceutical companies are pushing out these, you know, one pills. And if you take this consistently enough, you can actually be undetectable. And it's to me, it's wild and fascinating to see how far we've come when when we take a look at the arc of AIDS and HIV,
0: it was really sad. And I, you know, I was on the air in the 80s, and and I I mm-hmm. I was challenging this notion that it's a it's a gay disease because it's it's not. And uh, Ryan White was a, a young guy who uh, in in school he got I forgot what grade he was in, but Ryan White was a. A young white male who, who got AIDS through a blood transfusion. And I think that was a tipping point that really awakened the world to this reality that, that anybody can get it. And you don't have to be gay. You don't have to be a drug user. And, and I remember the, the hysteria that surrounded Ryan White uh, getting AIDS. And that was um, people uh, wanted to take their kids out of school because they were afraid that their kids might get it if they pass him in the hall. And uh, just great hysteria about that. Elton John was very involved in in all of that. And he, Ryan White did at uh, some point pass away. But, you know, you've got somebody like um, you've got somebody like Magic Johnson, who was Mm -hmm. HIV positive from a long time ago and um, presumably uh, heterosexual. And that was a a mind blowing moment for a lot of people. and, And Magic Johnson seems to be doing fine today.
1: And, and that was, you know, when he made that announcement in 1991. That was pre 1995, 96. Obviously, and that was pre antiretrovirals that were made available at that time. But fast forward to today, and again, I mentioned these these commercials and these uh, pharmaceutical companies now have antiretrovirals that you know you can see and you can, on the commercials. It's almost benign. You know, it's just like taking some type of anti-inflammatory, you know, medication. But you're right. When you take a look at the arc of what's happened, it's crazy. And when people take a look at some of the stuff that Project Lazarus has been doing, which is the focus of the podcast, I spoke with Nathaniel, who's not gay. Um, He's been living with HIV for 40-plus years but didn't take care of it. Um, But he went to Project Lazarus to get help. But Project Lazarus, when it began, and you mentioned the hysteria, that was a place that was never disclosed. The location was secret. It started in one place in the French Quarter, and then it eventually moved into the Marigny. But nobody knew where it was because of the stigma. Anybody that mm-hmm. was thought to have had AIDS or HIV at that point uh, was basically approached like they had leprosy. So they had to keep that very quiet. But Project Lazarus was basically this place where AIDS patients went to die with some dignity, but that's not the case anymore. they, they go there to live, which is fascinating. Wow, to me.
0: That's great. Is there a, are there statistics on the, the number of people who um, become HIV positive uh, through sex or through uh, use of dirty needles?
1: There is good and, and it's quite it's quite fair. I mean if, if you just say that you know the sexual transmission of HIV is pretty on par with the statistics for the transmission through intravenous users too. But the common, the common thread going through all of it is a lack of testing and a lack of education and awareness and access to health care, which, again, if we go back to where things are in New Orleans and in the Deep South and, and the Southern U.S., uh, that, that is prevalent throughout these regions.
0: I worked with somebody in the uh, mid-90s um, at a radio station. It was here in New Orleans, and I don't need to mention the, the, the name of the station, but somebody can figure out where I was working at the time. It was not WWL. But there was a, there was a, um, a gay DJ on, on the station, and I, I remember him. There uh, was a conversation going on among several people at the station about, about a- HIV, AIDS. And he said, man, I don't want to be tested, man. I don't want to know if I have it.
1: It's frightening. It's frightening. Yeah. And, and I will tell you that Nathaniel, the, the person who I featured in the podcast, was somebody, and he, he admitted that you know he had a big problem with drugs all his life and promiscuity, Uh, He knew, he had a suspicion that he was HIV positive, but never went to get tested and never wanted to take medication because he thought the medication would kill him. But yet he was still using these drugs that, you know, these other drugs, these Mm -hmm. hard drugs that that could possibly kill him. But yet he viewed these antiretrovirals that were eventually made available as something that could kill him. So, you know, it's a very complicated issue, especially when you're dealing with your own health and your own Insecurities about what society might think of you. Um, you know, I don't want to, you know, cast judgment, but I, I'd imagine that's very tough for anybody dealing with the stigma of a disease like HIV or AIDS.
0: And and I think that's changed to some degree. Um, in part maybe mm-hmm. because of people like uh, Michael uh, Michael Johnson. Uh, Ma- I'm sorry, Magic Johnson. And uh, but we'll see how that goes from here. Uh, Ton, you do such a phenomenal job with your with with your podcast and just uh, great information, great journalism. Where can people get it?
1: Oh, thank you, Scoot. They can find the Ton Report. So that's T H A N H Report. That's my name. I know it's not a common name, but the Ton Report, you can just punch that in wherever you get your podcasts. That's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, the Odyssey app. And we have the story on the WWL radio website right there, too. You can take a listen there.
0: All right. Uh, check it out. Tontron, WWL multimedia journalist. Always uh, good to talk to you, and uh, good luck with the podcast.
1: Thank you. Take care.
0: Sure. All right. If you want to join us with a comment this afternoon, the Oakenard Jewelers talking Text Line, 504-260-1870. I, I do want to talk about the, 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 the Louisiana government, the, the new government under Jeff Landry and his administration, helping New Orleans with, uh, with crime. And also, I want to talk about Some of the aggravating things people do during Zoom calls. Come on, many of you are on Zoom calls all the time. Some of you may be doing Zoom calls every single day, maybe several times a day. I want to hear some of the horror stories, some of the aggravating things that people do during Zoom calls. Doritos has a new app, this is what brought this up, where you can eat Dorito chips during a Zoom call without anybody on the call hearing the crunch of the chip. So tell me about those Zoom calls. The Oakland Art Jewelers talk and text line is 504-260-1870. All right, on the Scoot on the Air rock culture calendar, it was on this day in 1984, a morning show on a Houston radio station reported that Bruce Springsteen's concert the night before was still going on in the morning and that Bruce had just pulled his 250th girl from the audience onto the stage to join him during Dancing in the Dark. Well, some of the listeners believed it, and they went down to the concert only to find out that it wasn't happening. This is the, the video where he pulls Courtney Cox out of the audience, and that was one of her early uh, breaks, being in the video of Bruce Springsteen. But, um, I mean, look, that's the kind of stuff that um, morning people used to do. However, it's all changed now. Uh, no, it, because of legalities, you can't do stuff like that anymore, because if anybody got injured going to that and it was, it was a hoax— the radio station, and the guys would be sued. So those kind of things don't happen anymore. Radio used to be a lot more fun. I'm Scoot. Thanks to the lawyers, it's changed. We'll be back on WWL. Well, Thanksgiving is over, so it's time to start playing some Christmas music, and this is just a reminder that uh, on this show we play some um, really great Christmas music. You know, we play some of the traditional stuff, but, man, we dig deep, and and we're going to bring you some Christmas music that uh, maybe you're not used to hearing. Anyway, it's all part of our show here, one to four in the afternoon, on WWL in New Orleans. I'm Scoot. Glad you're with us. Let's get to some of your calls. Let's go to Frank, who's listening, uh, Long Island, New York. Hey, Frank, welcome.
2: Hey, Scoot. I was just Frank from New York, Long Island. Uh, I meant to call you yesterday by my rotary meeting, so I got two old items to bring up from Tuesday. Okay. One is, do you what's, what's your opinion? You, you ever watch the show NCSI New Orleans?
0: Was yeah, one of my favorite yeah. shows. I, I, I've watched. And it. And the woman, the
2: woman, uh, black woman, became mayor, and she got rid of all the corruption, and everything else, and this thing, and the other thing, and everybody loved the character. You think that helped her become mayor?
0: You know, I hadn't thought about that, but um, oh. I think it's possible. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I think it's possible. I think there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of power in suggestions that come from from television.
2: Because I, I watched the show and I said, wow. And also, I'm talking to all my buddies and all. And then all of a sudden, that black woman was, uh, was a mayor. I said, oh, yeah. I said, they probably met, met her, blah, blah, blah. And it's going to be a good mayor. And lo and behold, you know what we got there. Yeah.
0: No, I, I know.
2: And the other thing is that woman that uh, killed her children, I think in the Carolinas or whatever, yeah. wasn't that the movie that Farrah Fawcett did, played in?
0: I don't recall. I I I, yeah, I, re- I remember movie- there was a movie about about Susan Smith and what she did, but I I don't remember who played in it.
2: Yeah, I think it was Farrah Fawcett. She killed, she shot her kids in the back seat. One survived, oh, and she then didn't, the she, she, no, they, In
0: this case, she didn't. No, Susan Smith didn't shoot him. She she put him in the car and then she let the car go. And she drove basically drove the car into the lake and let him drown.
2: Okay, then maybe what for, made for TV stuff. But there was a yeah. song there. And every time I hear that song, I cringe. You know, I got so like grandkids. I forgot the name of the song, oh. though. But it's a it's a song that was played. It's played like, I hear it maybe once every couple of months.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And it's a, you know, oh, my God, I cringe every time I hear that song. It reminds me of the movie there, and I just cringe about well, it. Well,
0: you know, there's no, there's no doubt, Frank, that... Uh, that that music, uh, you know, especially when it's related to an event or related to something emotional in a movie, there's no question that those, uh, those things just make a tremendous uh, impact on us. Let's go to Irvin in Hammond. Irvin, welcome to WWL.
3: Hey, Scoot. Like you, I'm going to keep a weary eye on Mr. Landry because uh, he's one of these lock them up mentality people. Now, don't get me wrong. I want serious criminals in jail. But Louisiana has the highest incarceration rate per capita in the nation. Yet the homicide rates in New Orleans, Shreveport, Baton Rouge are through the roof. And in rural Louisiana, the domestic violence rates are way above the national average. So, you know, just putting them in prison— And the the big issue is we put a lot of people in prison, mostly in rural areas, that have a joint or a small bag of marijuana in their car. So they go to prison for three to five years, and that's taking up jail space.
0: Well, it is, and it takes up the time of uh, courts and the police officers as well, and it's just it's a minor thing, in my opinion.
3: Right. And so, and again, the hardcore people will say, well, marijuana contributes to the crime rate. Well, I'm going to tell you what contributes to the crime rate. We underfund uh, Head Start. We underfund our schools. We have over half of our third graders on the last year were reading below grade level. So I'm, I, as a teacher, I would get these kids in high school, and I would ask kids to do a reading selection. And the kids that couldn't read, which was over a third, were totally embarrassed. And my job became one to stare down the knuckleheads in a class that would make fun and ridicule these people. And I felt helpless because these kids didn't learn how to read back in third grade, fourth grade. So let's make sure we're putting the funding in K-3 through and in Head Start and put as much emphasis on that as we are in putting them in jail. I'll give it to you.
0: You know, it all sounds good to me, Irvin, and and um, yeah, I mean, like I said in the beginning, I you know, I, I mean, I'm going to give Jeff Landry um, a, a chance. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to let him start. I'm thrilled that he wants to help the city of New Orleans, but we also have to be careful about what that help uh, entails. And if if Jeff Landry wants to start forcing his right wing radical views on 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 the state, then I'm going to call him out on that. Uh, if he does a, a, a good job helping us with crime, I mean, I welcome his help because the city needs help. And I'm glad that the city is not putting up a barrier and that even Mayor Cantrell is open to his help. But again, let's see where he goes right now. I'm impressed with what he's talking about. Let's go to uh, Gentilly. Hey, Ken, welcome to WWL.
4: Hey, hey, school. How are you? I'm good. Well, let me say this. I'm like you. I first, let me ditto urban on education. It's a big deal and what he said is true. Lots of family and education. Get it. He's right. Two, Jeff Landry. All right. I'm glad he wants to help. But when you tell me you want to be Charleston, South Carolina, I don't know if you've been to the Low Country or how much time you spent there. But that place is America's longest running plantation, essentially. Not the way I want things to be. Nashville's Not much better. A lot of experience being through Nashville. Not places I want to emulate in any form or in any fashion. Bigger than that, when he comes in, and he's from Lafayette, first of all. Lafayette is a one or two stoplight town. When I first began working, I worked in Lafayette. I know the town. I will tell you this. He comes in with what experience? Oh, I was attorney general. You were a lawyer in a specialized law firm basically, where other people had to run administrative parts. The man hasn't essentially run a popsicle stand, but we gave him an $8-plus 1000000000 a year corporation to run. Now, I don't know the state's budget. I'm just saying $8 billion. Would you hire this guy to be the CEO of your corporation? You would not because you know you would lose before you get started. Now, all that being said, if the people underneath him are worth something, Maybe something happens. But if he's bringing this right-wing thing, it ain't happening. Not to New Orleans, there's a big deal that everybody's making, like everybody's so incompetent, so horrible, so terrible, and it's just something's got to happen. I, li- I was listening to New earlier, you know, and it's shameful to, in my eyesight that a lawyer, he and Gordon Nitschie are both lawyers, because I didn't know Gordon Nitschie was a lawyer, the way he talks and the way he characterizes things. I had no idea. Given that, I was listening to him saying, well, you know, it's going to be a great thing, great thing. Well, first of all, the state police are not meant for urban patrols. They are interdiction, and interdiction specialists and on, on highways, and they're great at doing certain sorts of investigations. They're not urban police. I work in the building. I'm headed to the building right now to go and do some work. I can tell you, as a lawyer, I can tell you, these guys, they don't have the experience, and they're going to be coming in, trying cases. I'm, I'm waiting a feast on them. I want to knock their socks off. They don't belong here. Thank you if you want to bring the state police and put them in certain sectors and have them do certain things with oversight by the correct people from NOPD. That works for me, because now you're talking about force multipliers. When I look at this, <clears throat> it's a dog and pony show for the right wing. That's all I'm seeing. Now, hopefully, like you, something happens good. That's what I'm hoping for. But I don't see a whole lot of that going on.
0: Well, again, Ken, we, we you know, we have to wait and see. And and uh, like with Mayor Cantrell uh, at the beginning of her administration, I said, you know, I'm going to I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to approach the mayor with an open mind. And, and she's the one who changed her behavior and caused me to have the opinion I have of her. Um And I'm doing this because I, I, you know, I I have a job to do. Uh, I I represent a lot of people in in New Orleans and I have a job to do and being honest about uh, politics and about the mayor. As far as Jeff Landry is concerned, I'll do the same thing with him. Um, One thing that concerns me is because he is such a right wing, in my opinion, he's a white right wing radical and he is governor of the entire state. He can do what he wants in his own home. But if he brings that right wing radicalism to the state and starts focusing on things that are the result of, of um, false fear or cr- creating fear about drag queens or whatever, which is the kind of thing that he's mentioned in the past, if he starts focusing on that, then, you know, we're going to have a conversation about it. So um, at least we have the opportunity to do that here. So um, keep listening. Ken, I appreciate you uh, calling the show. Um, let me mention, uh, I, I, look, I do have some inside sources uh, when it comes to a, f- a few things. And during the break, last break, um, one of my sources told me that they know why uh, Kim Reese was was not playing. Uh, Angel Reese. Yeah, Angel Reese was not playing. Um, It's because she was having a fit over getting a bigger locker to have more room for her eyelashes. (laughs) So apparently that's calmed down. (laughs) Or she got the bigger locker. I don't know which. Ian's got some text messages for us. I
5: do have some text messages. I want to go back to something that the... I who's the previous caller was talking about the Farrah Fawcett movie? A bunch of people are responding oh, that to that. Frank. that was Frank. Frank, yeah. Frank said uh, the, the Farrah Fawcett movie about Susan Smith. Uh, Small Sacrifices is a 1989 okay. made-for-TV crime drama f- starring Farrah Fawcett, but it's not about Susan Smith. It's about Diane Downs. Who uh, is a different story, different, different murdering mother. Um, Also, somebody suggested what was the other one? Oh, the burning bed with Farrah Fawcett. Also a um, mother who murders her abusive uh, husband. But that is not the that's not the Susan Smith story either. So if somebody out there knows what the Susan Smith movie was, let us know. Uh, Got a mini text here about Zoom calls. I'll start here. This person has apparently had some pretty bad Zoom calls. You know what pisses me off on Zoom? quote-unquote calls it is a call not a video I don't care what you are wearing if you need to share a presentation then learn how to share your screen if you're gonna use a computer to join don't join on the telephone unless you know how to disable your microphone and if you really feel impotent and wish to use a headset verify that it's clear and you are coherent <laughs> my time is important to me don't expect me or others to waste our time due to your incompetence
0: yeah they're gonna wow. be they're gonna be people who are not going to be savvy enough to do the Zoom call in the the right way. I mean, there's a a science to it, but I just thought this was interesting. This this, um, software is called Doritos Silent. And apparently it allows you to eat uh, Doritos chips. The, the crunch is one of the many uh, distracting features, according to um, someone who is a, a part of this process, uh, is one of the features that uh, kind of bothers people when you're on a, on a Zoom call. So, um, yeah, what, what are the other things that, uh, that people do during a Zoom call that bothers you? Uh, this text says, uh, in regard to Zoom calls, it's hilarious when obnoxious
5: pets... Especially cats, <laughs> butt in wanting attention. But that CNN guy who dropped Trow and after thinking he was off the camera, he's got to win the blue ribbon.
0: Yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, but, but how embarrassing too. I mean, that was Jeffrey Toobin, and and you know when you get caught like that, we refer to it as uh, you know he was uh,
5: pulling a Toobin. Pulling a Toobin. I can't believe he had the the, the yeah. guts to come back into public life after that. I, I know. What
0: well, you can't wait. I mean seriously. I mean you can't. You can't wait. You're you're on a Zoom call, and he does that. You know that's just. um, You know, and here's a guy. He was one of the legal experts, one of the legal analysts for for CNN. Not anymore. No, I, I, I know. Really? Well, I mean, he Crazy. has been back he's on been CNN back, yeah. since that time. I don't but know he's if he's on the But he's not prominent like he used to be. But yeah.
5: And, hey, in regard to cats, my, my theater company, we do a lot of Zoom meetings because we're all over the place and everyone has small kids and stuff. We have a rule. You have to show off your cat. You have to start the meeting by holding up your cat to the camera and saying, hey, this is Mr. Schnooker's or whatever, so that everybody gets to see your delightful cat. So that then when they're walking around in the background, everybody knows, oh, there's Mr.
0: Schnooker's. But cats have a tendency. If, you're, if you've if you got a cat, you're on on the keyboard. The cats have a tendency to jump up on your lap or jump up on the oh, keyboard.
5: Yeah, yeah, yeah. They can type yeah. a message for it if you're not careful. I'll give you two more quick ones uh, about Derek Carr. This text says, it's not just Carr. I used to get mad at Breeze in those sub-500 years. He was so casual and smiling after, like, a two- or three-game losing streak, and I'm yelling at him, get mad. That's from Glenn in Metairie.
0: And, you know, uh, Breeze used the word, and I, I called him out on this, he used the word, unfortunately. Well, unfortunately, we didn't score. No, it had nothing to do with fortune, Drew. It had to do with execution. Well, unfortunately, we didn't do this. No, it's not about fortune. It's about just doing the job, getting it done. And
5: I'll leave you with this one. This is about Mayor Cantrell and her apparent willingness to work with Jeff Landry. The text says, of course, Scoot, she is on board. Her strategy is in her head. I'll let Landry solve the problems because I don't know what to do to solve anything. Plus, it lets me focus on more important things like my travels and <laughs> ribbon cuttings and my entertainment schedules and my booty calls. Now
0: I understand. Wow. If you want to join us, the Oakwood Jewelers talk and text line is 504-260-1870. On the Scoot on the Air rock culture calendar on this day in 1968, the Supremes had the number one song in the country, Love Child. This was a song about a love child, a child that was produced out of casual sex. And um, well, anyway, listen to some of the lyrics. It is about the love of a child that was unexpected. And that's good to love children that are unexpected. I'm Scoot and we'll be back on WWL. All right, Thursday afternoon. Uh, Let me mention that um, the... Christmas holiday parade, this is the the Children's Hospital New Orleans holiday parade. It rolls through the French Quarter downtown New Orleans this Saturday. We talked about that earlier. It starts at 11 a.m. There's a big party with Trombone Shorty and others at Lafayette Square from 1 to 3 after the parade. And, you know, there might be some showers, but it looks like they're going to become less likely as the parade goes on, and that's good. But all of this is happening in partnership with the downtown development district and Kern Studios and, of course, WWL. Uh, let's go to uh, Big Tree in New Orleans. I'm sorry, Big T. Big T, you're on WWL. Mm-hmm.
6: I appreciate it, Scoot. Uh, I want to talk to you about the Saints, and I want to look at what's going on from another perspective. Okay. Sometimes, Scoot, it is extremely tough promotion from within. And the reason why I say that, because uh, sometimes you sit there with the crew talking about the head coach, his do's and don'ts, and then once you you are promoted, the crew know you, and you know them, and sometimes it's really tough. To be in that situation.
0: I think you're right about that. It, it, it's about it's about uh, respect, and and it's about being in a in a new position. Whether or not you can, you, you're you're strong enough and charismatic enough to um, to garner that kind of uh, of strength and leadership.
6: It's, re- it's really tough because what happens the the staff you've spoken about, Coach Payton, his do's and don'ts, and everybody know who's doing the talk and who's grumbling. Plus. Other people on that staff, when you will keep that staff, they may have wanted that job as well. Yeah.
0: Well, you know, that's true, too. Big T, I know there are challenges to promoting from within. And, and you know, sometimes somebody from the outside is better at the job. Let me mention something else about this uh, Doritos Silent um, app. A, a lot of people who are gamers, you know, they, they love playing games and they're, they're on with other people. And this technology is also used to uh, prevent people from hearing all your chewing especially things like Doritos chips. And it really is kind of an interesting idea that, uh, you know, you know, the the sound, look, we eat on the air. I mean, we've done that several times. You're not supposed to. It's kind of a rule against radio, in in radio. You're not supposed to eat on the air. But what the hell? I mean, we eat on the air sometimes, but we don't make it, um, we, we try to make it, uh, not very obnoxious. It sounds good when we do it. It does, and it tastes good while we're doing it. I can mm-hmm. tell you, but um, but generally speaking, the, the sound of people crunching and eating—that's you know—it's it's kind of, kind of irritating. and yeah. And so the gamers and people in Zoom calls, you know, if you're snacking on something that's that's crunchy, then that's going to make some uh, make some noise, and it's going to irritate some people.
5: I want to thank uh, 5482, who kind of cracked the code for us. The Susan Smith movie is called Susan Smith, Nine Days of Deception, which was a okay. TV movie released in 2000.
0: Okay, I, do, I, remember, I remember the movie. And if you are just doing it again, and if you weren't with us yesterday, uh, we were talking about uh, Susan Smith. She was the woman in South Carolina who drowned her kids. She put them in the car, strapped them in, and drove the car into the lake. She got out of the car. The kids drowned. She blamed it on a black man. There was no black man. Nobody did it. She did it. And the evidence led to her. She got caught. She's been in prison. But apparently she's, she's getting close to parole. And there are some people who want to hook up with her. And are maybe even suggesting marrying her. And she's telling these people, I would be great with kids. I would be a great stepmom. I mean, Look. I know people make mistakes, and you know you you hope that they've they've changed, and you would hope that she would never do that again. But I guarantee you, I wouldn't let Susan Smith anywhere near my kids or grandkids. So good luck with that, Susan. And then the other part of that is uh, the the people who um, the people who are infatuated with people in prison. I mean, Charles Manson had suitors. I mean, there are people who want to hook up with people in prison. On the Scoot on the Air Rock Culture calendar, on this day in 1996, this wonderful singer passed away. Yes, this is the day we lost Tiny Tim. Died of a heart attack on this day in 1964. I can't I died at the age of 64. It happened on this day in 1996. Look, I've, I've mentioned this before. One of the weirdest interviews I've ever done. I mean, the guy was in the studio with me. He was sweating. He was jumpy. I, I don't know for sure, but it seemed like the guy was like heavily coked up. And you know, if you do that kind of stuff and you keep doing it in your life, you're not going to live very long. So anyway, that was quite a phenomenon uh, years ago. Tiny Tim, getting married to Miss Vicky on The Tonight Show, and people actually cared about it. I'm Scoot. We'll be back on WWL. Exactly one year ago today, if you were listening to our show, you heard me talking about Christy McVie. It was on this day last year that Christy McVie, of Fleetwood Mac, passed away. She died of a stroke at the age of 79. I'm Scoot on the air, so there was a Lifetime movie channel, Christmas movie, and the Christmas movie on Lifetime included a sex scene. There's been criticism of that. Is there anything wrong with having a sex scene in a Christmas movie on the Lifetime channel? I think we can all agree on this one, right? We'll talk about that and more coming up next. I'm Scoot on the air on WWL.